Okay. Um, hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to uh, Cartier Analytics' latest update, I suppose, on, on our most recent research paper to coincide with, of course, Lewis Hamilton's incredible achievement of reaching his seventh world title. We, we decided to put together a, a research paper to objectively find out who the greatest Formula One driver is of all time. Of course, it's a very interesting debate at the moment that a lot of people are having off the back of what Hamilton's managed to achieve. And we found some some really interesting insights in that. Probably more surprisingly, that, or possibly not as surprisingly to some people, that Hamilton isn't quite the best yet. Um, so we're going to go into more detail about that now. I'm joined by Carter Analytics Director Matthew Belford and Corporate Analyst Joe Lawler. Hello, Jack. Shall we, shall we crack off with um, the overview table and just have a, have a quick discussion on, on where people are ranked and, and what we think of that? Of course, Fangio's come out on top and he's, he's appeared to be a truly dominant figure um, in the sport across, across all objective metrics that we, that we looked into. Possibly surprising that, that Hamilton fails at this point to actually surpass him in, in, in any capacity. But, of course, we know that he may well not be finished yet. It's, it's up for debate or discussion as to whether he's going to continue. I think it's highly anticipated that he will. I think it, he's still got everything going for him. And I think if he stays with the same team, then there's no reason when he, why he can't go on to win eight, nine, ten world titles, certainly at, the, at his current trajectory and the way, that, you know, the way the team's been put together at the moment. Mm-hmm. And do we think, obviously, the, the, the big one that stands out for, for Hamilton out of our, out of our analysis is, is his agility. He's, he's possibly struggled a little bit more than a lot of the guys up here to, to adapt properly and, and possibly hasn't been challenged whilst having to maybe move constructors or um, enter into races with a new engine. Um, do we yeah. do we- that's something that's possibly missing from from his from his performances. I think when you're comparing it to Fangio, Fangio won four world titles with four different constructors using four different engines. Mm. Um, Hamilton's not quite reached that level of adaptability yet. So, um, in terms of agility, yeah, it is Fangio that stands alone from all the other drivers, really, in terms of his his achievements, which are pretty pretty phenomenal, to be fair. Mm. Are we surprised to see Schumacher in third? I think it's I think it's fair to say at this point with uh, Hamilton Hamilton reaching the same milestone as him that uh, I think the data aligns quite well with what a lot of people are thinking in terms of he he's certainly at least on par and probably is above Schumacher now in the uh, greatest of all time. Yeah, I would say it's a fair assessment. He's he's now um, surpassed Schumacher's record of race wins, um, and yeah, I think that, I, I think our objective analysis proves that you know he, he is he is objectively better than Schumacher. Definitely, mm-hmm. I think I think it's a fair assessment. I think it, going back to the agility, it is interesting that although Hamilton doesn't necessarily excel in that performance attribute, he's actually what looks like the 18th out of the top 20 in that particular attribute, whereas Schumacher's double that, it, mm. it, it kind of goes to show that maybe agility is is not the key 
or certainly not one of the key attributes that determines whether you're a top racer or not. Alonso is an interesting one on the on the objective table. I think you know outside of the top three, I think Alonso he's ranked tenth on the table. I think our analysis shows that sort of he he has dominated in the sport. He's two time world champion, um, and you know he has shown that he can compete in terms of the other drivers on the table. But we think that we you know the analysis shows that really the the length of his career and sort of the extended period of his career in what would deem to be less competitive cars is probably having a, a bigger impact on his on his ratings than maybe if you know if this analysis would have been done three four years ago I think it would have shown him higher up the table but I think that longevity in his career um, is certainly having an impact on on, on his ratings and the, the same would go for Hamilton really if if he continued his career. Uh, maybe a different team and he wasn't as successful, you, we, our analysis would show that he would start to fall down the rankings. It would have a, a, direct, a direct impact on his Cartier rating. Certainly a, an important time for him, isn't it, in terms of objectively calculating whether he, he's, at, he's at a critical stage in terms of he has the opportunity to surpass Fangio now or he could stay put or, in fact, he could start to drop as as we know with most sports, you know, age age does kick in at some point, and your object, your objective performances do start to to decrease, and and that will reflect in his ability to maintain near the top or possibly at the top of this at this table come the end of next season. I think if he continues at his current trajectory, I think he would surpass Fangio during the next season during the 2021 season i think that, that that's what we are our analysis shows really. mm. yeah there's always the uh, the flip side to that coin if he doesn't maintain his trajectory that he's on right now he's only 20 carteret ratings clear of michael schumacher and his his rating is now locked in since he's obviously retired so mm. if if hamilton's performance for some reason isn't maintained the next season, then perhaps he could uh, move down to third place. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Okay, well, shall we move on to, let's dive further down into into the attributes for for each of each of these top three guys that we've we've been discussing, um, Hamilton, Fangio and Schumacher. Obviously, in our report, we we had a closer look in terms of their individual performance attributes and, and what makes up that, that driver's high performance levels. It's interesting to see that the, when we look at the, the performance attributes broken down, we can see that Schumacher and Fangio hold fairly similar attributes, whereas as Hamilton's actually been able to really, he's, he's really been supported by that ability to maintain dominance during his, his time. What do we think in terms of, of, the, of, the, of the makeup of, of these guys? And, and is there, are we seeing a, a pattern in what each driver needs in terms of their individual attributes in order to reach that top level? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think they're all very similar, at the, at certainly at the top end of the table. They are very similar in their attributes. I think for Fangio... And certainly Hamilton, I think it's their dominance which really stands them a, a, apart from the others, I think. It, I think one of the difficulties we had was assessing drivers from different eras um, and different career lengths. Um, and I think the algorithm takes that into account really well. 
but yeah, I think it shows that it's that level of dominance that that, that these guys have over the others that uh, really sets them apart. It's it seems like speed is also a significant performance attribute when it comes to excelling in in the F1 industry. That Fangio is the second highest speed success adjusted out of the top 20 and then that actually drops quite dramatically down to 32 for Lewis Hamilton and perhaps that's that's one of the key the key things that sort of sets them apart. Fangio was second behind Ascari wasn't he I think Ascari in mm. terms of speed, success adjusted speed I think uh, Ascari was was the standout driver there and again I think he would have gone on um, if circumstances had been different, he would have gone on to dominate the sport for for a lot longer than he did um, during his short career. It's a, it's an interesting split, and it possibly shows that Formula One itself's adapted slightly, and that it's become more of a, a tactical, strategical sport. In that, when you look at the likes of Schumacher and Hamilton wedged in between Ascari and Fangio, both showing the highest speed adjusted attribute levels they both have again there's some of the highest but there's a significant gap there and it possibly tells you that when it when it comes to speed and being able to to dominate and win it's it's possibly not always the most important thing it's not always important that you're the fastest on the track at all times um it's 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 playing that long game and strategically calculating where you need to finish on the grid in order to maintain that dominance level throughout the, the course of, of the Grand Prix. Yeah, I think, I think you're right there, Jack. I think it was important for us to build a number of different metrics into the algorithm to take these things into account. I think one driver that stands out in terms of speed is Sterling Moss. Um, mm-hmm. I think on our table, he was rated 11. I think he was the only one in the top 20 that hadn't won a world title. Um, yeah partly because his rival at the time was Fangio and I think Fangio's dominance really um, he had a massive impact on Sterling Moss. Given if he was racing in a different era, then I've no doubt that he would have been world champion. I think if, if he'd have achieved one world title, then I think that would have put him in our top 10. And mm-hmm. I think if he'd have achieved two world titles, then I think that would have put him in our top five on our table. So um, and again, you can see his speed is somewhere aligned to Schumacher. So, you know, he, he was certainly uh, one of the quickest drivers on the grid. Mm. It's, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of cases on this table, I think, of what could have been with some of these drivers if they had not unfortunately passed. Um, the likes of Ascari, particularly Senna, I noticed that our objective analysis you know, we, we had a strong indication from that that his performance trajectory, it would have been much higher um, if he had been able to sustain his performances over another four seasons, um, possibly picking up a, another the one or two world titles. Um, and, and that really really could have put him in contention for, for top place. Um, it is unfortunate. I think it's intriguing that should Sterling Moss have won an extra uh, one world title, that he would have moved up into the top 10 where he's currently placed 11th. But if he won two world titles, he would have made it all the way into fifth. So that just goes to demonstrate what, what an impact 
winning world titles has and how it how it shows the prestige as a driver yeah and i think it's it's credit to to fangio as well you know there's this this is the exact reason why he's 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 come out on top of our objective analysis he was you know moss was competing in in the same era as him and you could argue that you know fangio being there as matthew said earlier it's possibly restricted his ability to to really move up the up the table and and achieve achieve more than than he had time to do. So it's you know full full credit to Fangio and and it supports supports what our data says in terms of he was he was a very dominant figure during during his time. I think it'll be interesting to see over the next few years or you know over the next sort of decade if there's any any drive any younger drivers currently on the grid driving for the lesser teams that are going to sort of rise to the top um, and, and give these guys a run for the money, really, uh, and see if they, you know, um, and I'm sure there are, there's a lot of talent on the grid. Um, it's just getting the right driver in the right car at the right time, isn't it? And I think Absolutely. it's exciting times, really. There's, and it, it'll also be interesting to assess Hamilton and uh, Hamilton again in, in 12 months' time to see um, how his rating has, has um improved or declined and see whether he has actually um, achieved the number one spot of the greatest racing driver of all time. Mm. Um, his, he, you know, he, he's, he's coming towards, Hamilton's coming towards the end of his, his career now. We've obviously got Vettel, uh, who, who's still racing as well at present, that he, he is on, he's on this table as a, as a very, very strong driver. And it, and it will be interesting to see what happens in the future. What's interesting is looking at what attributes are required to to achieve the highest Carter ratings possible. And you could argue dominance is is, a, is an essential one there. Um, and you know Hamilton's retirement from from the sport might open up that opportunity for one of these younger drivers to come in and sustain a period of dominance. Um, and they could quite dramatically climb, climb the rankings table um, and, and join the likes of, of Hamilton in all times. No, I think it's, it's very interesting that only two of the top 20 are current present drivers and Maybe that indicates that despite all the the high technological gear that they have and the, the more intense training that the drivers now have, maybe arguably more sophisticated, that it doesn't necessarily show that it makes a better driver or, or not not at this this moment in time anyway. Yeah, it was one of the one of the challenges that from when we set out was to ensure that the way that we measured these drivers' performances uh, was able to take into consideration the, the natural evolution of the sport in terms of the, the capability of the cars compared to when the likes of Fangio and Ascari were driving is, is obviously mm. dramatically improved. Um, but the, the, way, the way that the Carteret rating has been able to, to be formulated has has allowed us to actually see that if you know if Fangio was was in a in a modern day car in his prime, um, he he would have been you know as as much of an unstoppable force as he was back in his day, in current day. And I think that was 
that was a very important thing for us to be able to achieve. Um, and we've, we've absolutely done that based off the results. Yeah, it's certainly insightful, the, uh, the analysis that Carter Analytics has been able to, to break down to show that despite the large disparities in the te- technological and contextual variables, we've been able to display objectively the top 20 F1 drivers of all time. Absolutely. Um, hopefully we can continue to, um, to add to this list, obviously, our, our analysis will continue throughout the duration of future future Grand Prix, and um, hopefully we see some adjustments to this table and it'll it'll be interesting to revisit in a year's time to see whether Hamilton has has reached the levels that we've we've trajected. Yes. Okay, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much guys for your time and, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.